Hi, everyone. Welcome to day 19 of these 21 days, setting the stage for change. <clears throat> As you can see that these are spontaneous conversations that take place for about 10 to 20 minutes every day. Guiding you just to consider Consider the possibilities of being curious about your experiences, being curious about the way you feel, the way you think, just wanting to take a little bit more interest in why things are happening, how they're happening, and what is actually happening within you, because everything is happening within you. You can only know what is happening within you. The mind assumes and thinks it knows what is happening outside. But the outside and the inside, there is no distinct distinguish. You cannot distinguish the two. And when we utterly believe everything the mind is saying, our assumptions are one of truth. Someone asked me a question about, um, it wasn't a question, <clears throat> something about acceptance is the, is the most important thing. That was the main realization that I realized, that everything is always and already accepted. It is my, the suffering that is created is that I am not the one accepting or believing it shouldn't be happening to me. It's already accepted, but my mind is saying this shouldn't be happening to me. And this is what resistance looks like. Everything is already and always accepted. That's why it is, you're experiencing it. If it's not accepted, it, it wouldn't happen. So ac acceptance is, is a result of what is actually happening. But this, the root of suffering is my mind saying, this shouldn't be happening to me. This shouldn't have happened. If this had happened, then this wouldn't have happened, then I wouldn't be here. It's arguing for its own limitations. This is what arguing for your limitations means. There's an argumentation, there's an argument happening in your mind that things shouldn't be happening the way they just did. And it sounds like, oh, if my, if my mind if my mind didn't argue and just accept what it ha is happening, but it's a false acceptance. It's not an acceptance. If the mind accepts it, it doesn't really mean that you're accepting it. You, it, it's not, that is not what I'm talking about the practice. The practice is to realize whether the mind accepts it or not, that you know that you're not the mind. That you can watch the argument happening and not be pulled into it. Whether the mind is arguing for its own limitations or not, that you can remain as awareness and watch it. Because my mind yesterday, not yesterday, the day I was traveling, was really having a fit. It was just <clears throat> arguing and arguing. This shouldn't be happening. That shouldn't be happening. But seeing it all, and then the day after, 
being able to rest and sleep and wake up with this calm and peace and it felt blissfully peaceful as if I had liberated myself from something that was daunting me and so then the topic came up of why do we keep feeling um, you know the same emotions coming up repetitively like as if it's like on a cue like you know people that you say oh don't mention this because then they'll get upset or don't say that because she gets angry at that oh she doesn't like things that sort of way avoid doing that so we kind of already know what actions and references and words and circumstances can actually piss somebody off because they always react to the same circumstances they're always triggered by the same words they're always triggered by the same topic and that isn't an emotion that is an avoiding of feeling an emotion where people get triggered and lash out because they are avoiding to feel the feeling that they're trying to protect an example let's say a person does not like feeling lackful or unworthy let's put unworthiness but talking about their job highlights the fact that they're not worthy enough so every time the topic of their job comes up there's this lashing out of anger why because it doesn't want to be living this experience it doesn't want to be talking about this experience because to them it relates to it reminds me of how unworthy i feel and i don't want to feel that i don't want to feel that that is what resistance is all about and that's why when the same topic comes up there's the lashing out there's the clobbering on the head there's the arguing for your limitations and every single time that topic comes up this reaction will happen topic comes up reaction will happen topic comes up reaction will happen now it's predictable now you know exactly the trigger points of that person and it's easier to see them on the outside of to other people but when it comes to yourself are we aware of our trigger points and then the next question is are you aware of your next your trigger points and the next one is what am i covering up what emotion am i trying to avoid and protect myself from actually feeling and then it occurred to me to ask the question well why are we even having these conversations like what's so bad about feeling an emotion what is so bad about feeling an emotion why is it why is it so bad to feel an emotion because in our society when you feel an emotion you've just been labeled it so the moment you do feel anger and you have a tantrum or you have a moment of explosion or you're feeling like you you just decide to cry then the mind says ah look other people are seeing you they're going to label you um a sad person an angry person an anxious person um an unstable person god knows the labels that the outside see looking at you so you're also triggering them that so if you're crying someone will walk past and say oh that's a weak person they've just labeled you a weak person from their perspective because tears to them looks like they've defined it their mind has defined it let's remember one thing the mind 
the qualities of the mind is it labels, it defines, it describes, it pigeonholes, it categorizes. That's all the mind can do. It is a descriptive function. It describes what it sees. It doesn't know anything. It just describes. And then through the lenses of your perspective, you make up meaning. A meaning-making machine. That's what the brain and the mind, it's just a meaning-making machine. Let's just make meaning out of what our perception of reality is. And then let's just label everything. So being in alignment and being aware of your triggers, of your emotions, of your feelings, of your thoughts, just being aware of whatever arises, what arises, feelings arise, what arises, thoughts arise, what else arises, perceptions arise, name them whatever you want, but it's arising within you. Everything is arising within you. Your conclusions, your meaning, everything is arising within you for you to see. And when it hurts, when you're feeling contraction, there is a misalignment that what you're thinking and feeling right now is not in alignment with the pure truth. That's why the negative emotion is there, to indicate you're not seeing this correctly. You're missing the point. What are you not seeing? That's how you can, you can sort of navigate yourself to alignment by following your emotions. That's why we have emotions. I, in one of the first days of the week of this 21 day, I shared the emotional scale. If you haven't seen it yet, go to my, the closed group of Kusula Consulting, um, ask to join, you'll be accepted. And download the PDF, the emotional scale, and notice all the emotions there. All the emotions are there to indicate how we go from the feeling of utter disempowerment all the way up. We all feel those emotions. In fact, what happened the other day at the, um, at the airport, my experience in my reality, through my perception, through my lenses, I felt the whole feeling of disempowerment. And in order to feel any better, it went through the whole thing. I went through anger, I went through rage, I went through revenge, I went through blame, I went through hopelessness, okay? There's all a range. And only the next day, when I looked at the situation again, and then felt utter peace. Why? Because I allowed myself to feel the feeling I was feeling in the moment. And as dreadful as it was feeling, I'm no longer worried about what people thought about me i cried and the body was crying the face was crying everything just looked in utter pain i didn't lash out to anyone in particular because i just settled with what is happening right here right now my mind was lashing out my mind was lashing out and just being aware because I've practiced this over and over and over again. And I've met so many wonderful people that have guided me on how to practice. And this is, this is why I'm saying is that if I had known 
if I had known that my thoughts and emotions, my thoughts and emotions were connected, it would have been an insightful, an insightful aha moment many, 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 many years ago. If you can just become aware of why you're, what you're feeling and allow yourself to feel it, you can go home in the intimacy of your own home and allow yourself to express that instead of lashing out because lashing out is avoiding saying this shouldn't be happening this shouldn't be happening and as one of my friends said acceptance is the most important thing and she's absolutely right acceptance is the most important thing but it's not for us to decide everything is already accepted that's why it's happening. It's the mind that says it shouldn't be happening. But whether the mind says it should or shouldn't be happening is besides the point. It's happening. Are you aware of what, how the mind is perceiving it? So if you are one of those people that has noticed that reacts in, a different, in, a, in the same way, with the same circumstances and the same events in front of the same people. And as much as your mind has said, I am right and they are wrong. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know what? You are right. Because the madness does look like it's madness. Okay. And you're not wrong. But what is keeping us in a state of victimhood, in a state of lack of freedom, in a, in a state of disempowerment, in a state of a low, low frequency is the fact is that clinging on to the fact that I'm right, but being miserable about it. Keeping us like that is only going to keep us down. When you find your own power, that you're believing in something that really doesn't exist, disempowerment doesn't exist. I gave that power to them. When I was at the airport, I gave them the power and really believed they were stronger and more powerful than me. Just like lack, disempowerment, lack of freedom, lack of worthiness. These are all things that our minds have constructed Thoughts and belief clusters of thoughts have created a strong belief system. This is who I am. Every single belief I had in my life, according, in accordance to my past experiences, were now creating my veil, my lenses to see the present moment, not even the present moment, the future projected like the past. So whatever happened in the past was now continuing in my future. Nothing was ever going to change. This 21 day is all about setting the stage for change. I'm not talking about helping you change your life because you don't need help. Nobody needs help. And if you do need help, one day you'll resent that person for even trying to help you. Because you want to feel empowered. You want to feel empowered. You are, you are the essence of power itself. You are love itself, you are power itself, you are freedom. You, there is nothing that you cannot achieve unless you believe you're not. So setting the stage for change is my way of expressing set yourself up, reboot yourself in a way that you can be curious 
question everything you believe because there's not one belief that is assisting you in any way a belief in of itself is limiting in nature because if you believe in everything in anything then you're going to need that belief in order to have that experience what does it feel like not to believe in anything and know yourself as everything awareness look notice recognize look notice recognize look notice recognize recognize that you are life itself life is not happening to you awareness qualities of awareness awareness is not thinking you are aware you are aware of the thinking mind this is why meditation yoga walking in nature is so evident that you can really feel the presence that you are here in this moment instead of being way running off with a thought running off with a thought can you feel the difference I'm thinking and believing something. I'm so involved and so wrapped up into the story. I'm running off with it. I'm running off with it. I can tell the story. I can tell the sequence. I know the script. I know what he's going to say. I know what I'm going to say. It's running off with thought. Being present in the moment, being in nature, in meditation, or doing yoga. There is no thought. That's easy. You're experiencing awareness. But now become aware that you're experiencing awareness, that you are aware, aware of being aware. It's a tedious, tedious, tedious practice, but it is extremely liberating. When you're lashing out and triggers are extremely important because they were the ones that highlighted Every time I got triggered, every single time I got triggered, every single time I got triggered, I became exhausted. I like, I always saw myself. I always react the same way under these circumstances. I always react the same way under these circumstances. This gets said, I react. That gets said, I react. This gets said, I react. What am I avoiding? Truth. The truth is, I feel what? What, what feeling are you trying to avoid to feel? And that's why you get triggered. That's why you get irritated because of something. I don't like to feel disempowered. Great. Do you believe you are disempowered? That was my question. I'm asking these questions for myself. I'm not implying anyone else's. This is all your work if you want to do it. This is what setting the stage means. Are you going to take the time to become curious of your own thoughts? Are you going to become curious of why you react in certain ways? How is this beneficial for my life? Well, then you're going to go out and you're not going to spew. You're not going to spew venom from the negative feelings, the negative vibrations, the negative frequencies out on the world. You're going to be walking around a loving being, a being that can see through the veil. And when these so-called disempowering uh, people with uniforms and with authority and with arrogance or with whatever it is, I can hold the space for it as awareness, loving, unconditionally loving.
But thanks to them, I got to see what belief I was holding on to in the first place. If it hadn't been for them, I would have still had it. Evident. Evidently enough that I couldn't even see it. This is the beauty of being able to perceive duality, that you can actually question your own thoughts. You can actually question your own belief system. And, and if you can't, if you can't, if you can't question them, don't worry about it. Your emotions will highlight, highlight them out like that. How you feel like crap. I remember in 2012, I basically printed out the emotional scale and had it with me every single moment where I could just, every time I felt a negative emotion, I'd pick it up and I'd label it and like, that's how I'm feeling right now. Why? And, and that's what I did for years. I asked myself my question, why do I have an, why do I feel emotions and why can I not switch them off? I just want to breathe. I just like to breathe. That was one of my first questions. What, what is, why is there a duality? I noticed that there's like duality in everything. There wasn't anything that wasn't dualistic. Like, what is the purpose? And the more you fight against the negative one, because you only want the, you only want to see the other, the other side of it. You want to fight against wars so you can only experience peace is besides the point one without the other, then none of it would exist. I don't want to get into philosophical conversations. What I'd really like to convince you of is that by being curious about the only thing that you have the ability to investigate is your own experience. I wouldn't start off so complicated. You do have the opportunity to change the whole, your whole experience. If only you'd start by taking care of the only thing that you have the power to do, and that is to become curious and investigate where you get triggered, why you get triggered, and write these things down. Writing has helped me immensely. Notice the connections. Notice the connection between the mind and the body. Notice what you believe, as true as they sound, but it's not the validity the mind definition of the thought. It is the way that thought makes you feel. And with, if that thought makes you feel bad, then why? Why keep it? Because every time you think it, you're going to feel that feeling. It's like you think this, you get an electric shock. Why would you do that to yourself? That is unloving. Question it. Write it down and just see how is it this so that I've believed that this is so true, but it makes me feel this. It makes me, and go and look on the emotional scale. Notice, what, what does it make you feel? Frightened? Does it make you feel anxious? Does it make you feel fearful? Question it then. Why would you do that? As right as the mind would say, I have proof. I have 100 million people that will agree with me on it. That is besides the point. The change you want is to feel differently in this world, to feel lovingly and joyfully and seeing through the veil. Maybe there's something that you're not seeing. Question it. What am I not seeing? How can I see this belief that I believe so true that makes me feel so fearful? 
every time I think it. I questioned all of them. And it took me down a really, really long rabbit hole, which no one really needs to go through now because there's just so much support now on the internet. There's so many people willing to help and just pointers and pointers. And that's why everyone is led to different teachers. There's those that really, really want to go down the spiritual path. There's those that want to know how to create abundance, that want to know how to be abundance. They want everyone's got their different different niche of of issues of inspirations of desires of calling your purpose on this planet your experience are you going to go through this experience bullying your way through crushing down the walls and i can take a little bit more i can take a little bit more i'm going to tolerate this i'm going to tolerate this or you're going to try and skip through this in a in a in, in a way that you can change the perspectives for yourself, for your family, and for others. The collective mind is already separating everyone as much as possible, inflicting fear and everything. We've got to question what they've been giving us, this information that they've been giving us. And I've mentioned this so many times. I mean, just the metaphor of light and darkness. Light and darkness. Light is the only thing that exists. Darkness is an experience that you have only once you've restricted light. Darkness in itself doesn't exist. It's not something that actually exists. There's no icky darkness. It is the consequence of the res resistance of life. And if you take every single piece of duality that you're aware of and do the same, one exists and the other one is a reflection of the resistance of it. So abundance is the only thing exists. Lack is a perception that is received and experienced because there's resistance of it. Love is the only thing that exists. When you see someone in utter pain and anger and hatred, it's because he's cut himself off. You can't really cut yourself, but you've restricted resistance against love. If you just apply the light and darkness metaphor to all the others, and if it doesn't hit you in some way, just become curious of it. Is duality an actual existence or is it just one and the resistance of that very same thing? And you get to see what it looks like. If you cut yourself off from the source of it, you cut the source of light. Now you're experiencing darkness. You cut the source of abundance and now you're experiencing lack. But lack in of itself doesn't exist. Hatred doesn't exist. It is the consequence of the restriction of love. So if someone hates you, for example, they are a loving being that's just been temporarily cut off through their perception, through their veil of thinking from love. They would be able to love you if they didn't have the beliefs they were thinking. And half of the time, not all of the time, people that hate and are mean, they've all had some sort of experience that, have, that their mind has proven to them that they are not worthy to be loved and therefore have no idea to love themselves. And hence, they have no idea how to love others.
ultimately, if you're not loving yourself, you're really not helping anybody. If you have no love for self, love that you can actually feel and experience, you are love. Not by assisting assistance from your thoughts or your beliefs. You don't need a thought to love yourself. You don't need a belief to love yourself. It's actually those thoughts and beliefs that are restricting you from actually experiencing love as yourself. You have a belief of something you think you did and you're unworthy. I can't love myself. Look what I've done. Look what I did. I can't love myself. They don't love me. I'm not worthy of love. Thought. Describing an image of who you think you are. You, there's no understanding of this. It is direct experience. Give yourself a break from your thoughts. Investigate. Meditation, meditation, meditation is, is where you stop and not engage with the thoughts. You're going to be a, sitting on the sideline and just taking the time to do nothing but observe what appears in your mind. What appears, you just notice, noticing. You notice, you recognize, you see. You notice, you recognize, you see. Notice, you sit, you sit. And if a thought arises, I should be doing something else, you've recognized that. This is a waste of time. That's a thought describing. You're useless at this. You don't know how to do this. Another description. That's also an appearance. Appearing. You should find someone that can help you. You're not doing this right. That's appearing. Appearing within consciousness. You're seeing that. Write it down. I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing it. It's a thought. It's a thought. You don't know how to meditate. You're not going to accomplish anything doing this. It's a thought. That's another descriptive thought. It's describing you in this moment. It's a descriptive thought. It's categorizing you. It's pigeonholing you in this department. If you just, it dawns on you that every thought is descriptive in some way. It's either describing you, your environment, time and space, and your, in where you are. And then we believe it, and now we say, of course, this is reality. And of course... As soon as the mind speaks with through thought, the body feels the equivalent of it. So obviously the body feels, yes, you're absolutely right. I'm feeling fearful in this environment under these circumstances. Absolutely, yes. Now you have a confirmation. Mind and body are speaking the same language under two forms between thought and feelings. And that's it. We're blinded. That's it. That's our experience. But then what some, I think it was... I'm not sure if it was Byron Katie that asked the question, is it even true? And that's another thing that came up. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going a bit longer today, but it's really, that's another thing that came up. 
I was only able to ask the question, is this true, once I had felt the feeling. I noticed that if I asked the question, is this thought that I'm thinking true, and I hadn't allowed myself to feel the feeling, the mind would argue with me, of course it's true. Yes, of course it's true. Only once I allowed myself to feel the feeling was the question, is this true, so evident that I could literally say, no, because it's no longer triggering me. And it was an honest, holy crap, absolutely. I am, I am not this belief of unworthiness. That is not true. And really feel the resonance because what was left within me was worthiness itself because I had al allowed myself to let go of the notion of the belief of the thought of unworthiness. And then once I had discovered that, I asked the question, was, is this true? No, there's no part of me that holds on to that anymore. You'll only know something is true and feels true if you're holding on to that. So let's ask the question. Did those people at the airport, the TSA, are they disempowering? No. They just did me a very big favor to see what I was still holding on to. There's not a day that goes by that I don't see or take notice or I'm curious about how I'm feeling. And in the past, what year are we? 2018. In the past six years, Everything's changed. The world's remained the same. People would actually bid that it's even got worse. There's a process of first letting go of what you're not ready, you're not willing to tolerate anymore. And I have a very, very low tolerance for any kind of pain. So it was agony for me to hold on and seeing things being repetitive over and over again. So I began questioning immediately, like what? At a time in 2012 where this information wasn't really as vast and available like it is today. But that was the first thing, question. I questioned everything I thought. I sat down just watching my thoughts and writing them down. Watching my thoughts and writing them down. And some were easier than others, but it was, they were all the same ease. It was just my resistance on holding on, like, no, 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 I'm not going to question this one. This one must be true. But the fact on how it made me feel. I didn't see the connection immediately. So whether a thought, a belief is so like unquestionably true that you're not even going to go down there, fine. 
identify it, but just see how it makes you feel and then take that away and ask yourself, am I willing to remain with this emotion every single time that circumstance happens? I mean, why? Why would you do that? It's like shocking yourself over and over again because you want to hold on to this belief. Question it. I must hate those people because they were really mean. Okay, that's one perspective and it's completely true. But now, can I find a perspective that can, when I think of these people, that I don't suffer? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to suffer. You don't want to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer. Every single perception is true. I'm asking you, which one would you like to rendezvous with, interact with, that doesn't allow you to go through this pain? Yes, there's some really horrible people out there. What perspective can I hold that I can ease this pain? Take care of myself in a way that I can lovingly project some, what perspective is there out there that I can literally see things from a different perspective? Why are they mean? What happened to them? Bring myself to raise on that emotional scale where I can feel better about the very topic that has been making me feel fearful, that has been making me feel sad, that has been making me feel disempowered. How can I move myself up the emotional scale in order to, when I project them, think about them, see them, or whatever topic, that I can feel better about it? Because that is the change that you're all wanting. We all believe if we change the people and the circumstances, I'll feel better about it. Hang on a minute. It's going to take you forever, lifetimes. It ain't going to happen. What can you do right now? What, how, can, how would I like to feel about them? How, what, basically what I'm asking, how do you love the unlovable? It's easy to love the lovable. How do you love the unlovable? What you project as the unlovable. Because these are the questions that liberated me. I cannot go out there in the physical world and change everything. Take this off, take that apart, get them to reason, get them to make peace and get them to make the peace and then bring more food over there and don't kill any more animals over there and do -do -do -do, you know, paint a perfect world out there. And it could be a beautiful world. But sitting here and arguing for my limitations ain't gonna make anything. I was just gonna aggravate me even more and bring me to my knees like it did it did the situation in the world just brought me to my utter knees so when gandhi said be the change that you want to see all the way down the rabbit hole what does he mean it starts with questions is it even possible to feel differently about that what perspective am I holding? What perspective can I hold? How many perspectives are there? At the end of the day, you want to be able to see things from a perspective that is loving to you and that way you can project love to the outside world. And that's how we make a change. And that's how we make a change. When we remember who we are, 
as love itself, then we can go out in the world and project it to everyone else so they can remember who they are. And then the domino effect, just the sooner we stop believing in lack, everyone will be abundant. The sooner we start to believe, know who we are as love, everyone will know that they are love. But keeping ourselves small and fear and separated is never going to help. Never. I'm sorry I took up so much of your time today. But I really, it, it was something that I've been wanting to say um, in one of these um, sessions. As clear as I can see it right now, nothing is worth keeping yourself small for, not for you and not for anybody else. If you're not shining, if you're not shining as love, as freedom, as abundance, then you're not helping. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping anyone. If you're not loving yourself, no one else can do it for you. No one can love you. You will only be loved to the same degree that you can love yourself. And true love, unconditional love, is an experience. It's not a thinking. Awareness is who you really are. It's not thinking. Thinking is an appearance. Feeling is an appearance, an emotion appearing within you. We are not limited. I keep saying that we are not limited. We are simply misinformed. And our misinformation is making us act out an identity that we are not. have nothing to do with it. We have nothing to do with the self-image we have in our head. We are not the self-image in our head. We are not the self-image in our head. We are not the self-image in our head. It is simply an image of a self we believe to be. It is an image. And how do you create an image? How do you create an image? When people are telling you a story, they say a lot of words, descriptive words, words, labeling, describing. And, and even, if you're, even if your eyes are closed, the words in it, you can actually see the image. And through the image, you can feel it in your body. The three elements of experience, descriptive words, narrating, the image, the story, and now you can feel it. That's what we've been referring to as reality. Notice that you're not that. You're not a description. You are not a description. You cannot be a description. I shall see you tomorrow.